welcome to Four Points. Jenny's already welcomed you if you are a first-time guest with us, and we are pumped that you're here if you're a first or second-time guest, and if not, if you've been here forever, and a lot of you guys are uh, our partners here at Four Points, we want to say we're pumped that you're here and not at the lake because it is a really nice day, and I wouldn't blame you for being there, but I'm glad you're here, and I hope, listen, I hope that you'll make it a priority, even on vacation, because next week begins the fourth week and a bunch of you guys are going to be gone. I hope that if you get time, you can either go to another church wherever you're vacationing or if you have internet, you can try to watch online because I want you guys to try to hit all of these and either go back and try to watch them because this doctrine series that we're doing on Roots is critical. I want to show you all my Father's Day present because I'm proud of it. This is my iPad cover. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's a good reaction. Thank you. So anyway, it had nothing to do with my message either. I just wanted to show it to y'all. So um, today, the message that I'm going to speak to you on is on man, and that's us. That's each one of you. And if you're a woman today, you're thinking, I'm not a man, and you're right, you're not a man. Uh, but it's on people. It's on us, and it's the doctrine about who we are. And, and I just want to tell y'all, it's kind of a warning shot of apology. Uh, this is not a fun message. This is not one that I don't, I, I don't necessarily think you're going to leave today and go, Man, I love Mark. He's awesome. Like, because it's hard. Like, I, forgive, my, this is kind of vulgar, so forget it, forgive it, and I'm not trying to be nasty, but it's hard to hear that you suck and feel good about yourself, or it's hard to hear that you suck and feel good about the pastor, and that's the truth of the message about man, because here's the deal. Um, I had a conversation with a very dear friend last night for about an hour when I got home, he's a pastor, and he has been for 31 years. He's about to retire. And um, the conversation that I had went kind of like this. is he's, he's discipling some guys up in Gaffney at his church. And um, he said, Mark, the thing that bothers me is these guys are really starting to, to want to read more, and they're starting to feel really good about themselves. And, like, I'm looking at them, and I'm, I want to shake them because I'm like, yes, please read these books. And please get deep in the Bible, but please don't feel like you're good. <laughs> and he said, to say that, you have to be a horse's tail. And I said, and that's the blessing about being Mark Pangle is you just are a horse's tail, so you just do it, right? It's, it's easy. And I said, you ought to come to my message tomorrow or send it to them because they need to hear what I'm going to say to my people. And the, the bad thing is, y'all already know what I'm going to say, and you've already heard it before, and I don't think you think too highly of yourself, and I think we can't miss this, and here's why. Each person in this room, and if you don't believe this, you have a pride issue and you're lying to yourself. And I love you in telling you this, but each person in here is a 10-second bad decision away from complete and total disaster in your life. Do you know why? It's because we're all jacked up. We are all screwed up. Do you know why? Because we're fallen and, and, and we're human. And that is why... During the week, I tweet and Facebook, if y'all are on social media, how many of you guys have read your Bible this week? That's why I ask you those things. It's not because God gets mad at you if you don't, because he does not get mad at you. God doesn't, isn't happy with you if you read your Bible this week and pray it every day, and he's not mad at you if you don't. That's not why we do those things. It's to bring honor and glory to him, and so that I don't screw this mess up that I call my life. I want him to have total control, and I want I have access to speak with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, every single day. And that's why I ask you, so as a, that's a pretty good time to go into this. How many of you guys, we'll, we'll start with three days. 
And I want you to be honest. I'm not going to fuss at you. I promise. How many of you guys, three days last week, you prayed intently and read your Bible this week? Three days. Raise your hand. Three days. Awesome. Very good. Five days. Hi. Seven days. That is awesome. That's good improvement. I'm proud of you guys. That's awesome. Listen, I don't, I don't say that so that I do. The goal is 100%, by the way, so I don't want to lead you all the wrong way. But, <laughs> but I don't say that to, like, make you guys feel bad. I don't want you to be guilty and do it. I want you to do it because you get to. I want you to do it because we have the right every single day. And by the way, there was one day this week that I missed in the morning and I had to go back in the evening. And it's not, I don't think God went, he's going to have a screwed up day because <laughs> that cat missed at 7 a.m. I just had a, I just overslept and just missed. And I had to go back at, I don't know what time it was, but it was that night. And I was like, I think this is the first time I've missed a morning. I didn't have a bad day because of it. I just want to know what God's word says. And I want to talk to him intimately. And the reason that I want to do it is because I don't think highly of myself, and I used to. I used to think, man, I'm doing a lot of good stuff for God. Now I think, man, I'm jacked up, and I can't believe God wants to use me. So I, I just want to give you two points today. And it goes back to last week's message. And if you missed it, here's the main point. Your chief end in life is to glorify God. And if you can't understand that, you will miss the entirety of why you are on this earth. And so it, it ties us with God because in Genesis 1.27 it says we were created in his image, in his likeness. But the reason for that is not so that we would be godly or, or little gods. It, would, it was so that we could bring him glory in his image. And so everything that we do, every action that we take, everything that happens, we have to filter it through this thing. Is what I'm about to do going to bring glory to God? And you say, well, then you should never have fun. That's not true. I can bring glory to God in playing golf. I don't think I did Friday. I was terrible. Okay, some of you guys that played with me, you should say amen right now because it was bad. But I can bring glory to God playing golf or going to a ball game or doing the things that I like to do. And I can dishonor God on the stage preaching to you guys because I want the glory. It is not what a man does that makes his work sacred or secular or glorifying to God or not glorifying to God. It is why he does it. My motive in life is everything. And if I want to bring glory to God through my work, through my play, through my actions, I do it. And so everything that you do, you ought to ask yourself, am I bringing glory to God? And that's what last week's message was all about. And it's kind of what this week's message is about, is glorifying to God. And so all of us are very similar in the fact that we are fallen. And I'm going to give you two points this morning, two roots of why we're jacked up. And it's very simple, two points, two points. Number one. There was a fall. There was a fall. Man was created to be perfect in Genesis. We, we were perfect. It was like heaven. No one had sinned. And then the serpent, who was Satan, came and tempted Adam and Eve. And this is what happened. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 said, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, which was Eve, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You, shall surely, you will surely not die. For God knows that if you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes. If you have a 
pencil or a pen or whatever or you can highlight in your Bible. I want you to underline that because that is the great deception in our lives, isn't it? That it was good for food or delight for our eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. So she took the fruit and ate of it. Everybody assumes it was an apple. Who knows what it was? And she took it off and took a bite. And she also gave some to her husband and he fought it really bad and said, no woman, you're crazy. Just kidding. He ate of it and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths. And then I want you to, to uh, read this one and this is the verse that's very important. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the... What's that word? Say it loud. And fall short of the glory of God. Like that's the whole key, right? Man's chief end is to glorify God. I fall short of his glory. Why do I fall short? Have y'all ever said this before? Because I have. If you grew up in church, if you're a Sunday school person that grew up in church, some of you may not be, and that's okay, just stay with me. But I've said before, like, that's stupid Adam and Eve, man. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be all screwed up. And by the way, there's, there's some truth to that. But you would have screwed it up too, and I would have screwed it up too. Because we all would have wanted glory for ourselves. Eventually, we all would have fallen just like they did. Because it's not enough to have everything, right? They had everything. They had the, the fruits and all this stuff. They had everything you can imagine. And in the middle of the garden was this one tree, one tree, that God said, don't eat that. That's the one thing I don't want you to eat. And it's like, i got to eat that because God said I can't. And then Adam and Eve right there were the perfect picture of why we are fallen. And guys, if, you, if, you, if you've ever listened to my messages, I want you to listen to the next two points and listen to this specific point very clearly right here. What Adam and Eve did is the reason that each one of us deserves separation from God in hell forever and ever. It's why we deserve what we get. Because this is what happened. As they said, okay, here's the tree. And God says, I can't have it. But I'm mad that he wants more than I get. And I don't understand why he needs the glory and I want the glory. Surely I won't die. He's, the serpent, Satan, he's right. I'm going to get some for me because I don't think it should all go to God. And from that, from that moment, that second, we became glory thieves. We started robbing God of what is honorable to him, what belongs to him. And Adam and Eve took what was right and made it all wrong because they wanted what belongs to God. And they fell. And at that moment, each one of you, I almost brought Hasten up here this morning, but I thought he might go crazy because he's a little wilder than Laney was as a baby. But I almost brought him up and sat him on this table and said, I want you guys to know that this is evil standing up here. He's my evil. I love him. I give him kisses. I would fight every one of y'all to the death for that kid because I love him so much. And inside of him, both by nature and by choice, is sin. He has fallen. He is a creature that will never be good. I want y'all to listen to this very carefully because I'm talking about my kid. He will never be good. Now, he will have moments that he obeys, and that's awesome. But in his core, down in his heart of hearts, he will always be evil outside of the grace of Jesus Christ that happens only when we fully trust him as Savior. He has fallen. He is not good. I am awful. 
I told guys this week that I meet with an accountability, and I think this blew their minds, so I'm going to tell y'all. Some of y'all might leave here today and think, I'm not coming back because that pastor is a filthy sinner. And if that's the reason you don't come back, that's okay. Because I am a filthy sinner. One of my frustrations in life is my thought life. And I've told y'all before, if, if you knew my thought life, you'd probably fire me. Well, today's when you really might. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I went to the beach, not last week, but the week before. And I was talking to our guys about... Um, the way that we think, the way that men think, it, it's so much different. If you're a man right now, you should be doing like this because women, I sort of envy y'all only in this. Don't, never wanted to be a woman, but I, I do envy y'all in the fact that you're not like driven by your eyes because um, like when you're at the beach, you, you can do really well with your eyes and never have a temptation. And you can step foot on the beach and women can be half-dressed and that's putting it mildly and it's on. I mean, it's, and it's bad. And it's like, I don't know where to look. If I look at the ocean, I see half-naked women. If I look left, half-naked, half-naked. I look back toward the beach, I see half-naked. I look at the pool, they're half-naked. And I don't know what to do. And then I told our guys this, and I'm not embarrassed to tell y'all this, just because with all God's honesty, I care more what God thinks about me than what y'all do. I'm not sure I've ever been a day where there hasn't been an impure thought go through my mind. Matter of fact, there's never been a day that I can remember after hitting puberty where I didn't have to battle myself, where I wasn't 10 seconds away from making a stupid decision where I ruined my entire ministry, more importantly than that, my family and my life. Can I tell you why that is? It's not because I want to, because I hate it more than I can possibly describe to you guys. I hate sin. Can I tell you why I struggle in that? Because I am messed up. I am falling. There's nothing good inside of me outside of what Jesus Christ is in me. And for those of you that think I'm awful right now and you're self-righteous sitting in your chair thinking, I'm glad I don't struggle with that. I'm glad you don't too, but you are jacked up in your own way and God help you if you really feel that way. Right? God help you. Because I'm just telling you the truth. That's mine. That's what I carry. That's the cross. That's the burden that I have every day of my life is God help me be close and clean and not look at a woman in lust at all, ever. And every day I fail. And every day I get mad at myself. And for every one of us that think, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe they struggle in that. Who do we think we are? Like really, truly. I'll tell you the frustration about getting close to Jesus. I'll just be honest. The closer you get to him, the more you realize how big of a piece of crap you really are. And like... I was really intimate with the Lord this week, and I just thought to myself, God, I've cleaned a bunch of stuff out of the closet and gotten rid of a bunch of sin, I feel like. And I feel like there's more now than when I thought I started with and got rid of a bunch. How is that possible? Like, why is it in there? Get it out. I don't want to struggle with sin anymore. And the beauty of it is this. God doesn't look at me in sin. He sees forgiven and wipes it away. I'm amazed by that. If I think I do God a favor by standing up here or by being a pastor or by doing any work that I do or by bringing food bags or by helping other people or anything that I do, if I think I'm doing God a favor, I've missed the point of God and me altogether. I'm not helping God out right now, but for some strange reason, the God of the universe loves me and desires a relationship with crazy old Mark. 
and doesn't look at me like I would look at me as a jacked up sinner, but looks at me as forgiven and lovingly. And I'm so grateful for that, that I can stand up here and tell you, I don't know if there's ever been a day in my life since I've hit puberty that I haven't struggled with my eyes. And yet God looks at me and says, Mark, I don't care, I still love you. I know you're jacked up, but I still love you. I'm thankful for that. Because if I was God, I would already zap me with a lightning bolt. And God doesn't do that. And aren't you grateful that that's the way God is? But I'm going to tell you something now. Listen to me very carefully. Even though that is the case, that is only the case for those that have trusted him as Savior because we are fallen and there's a cost. There's a cost for me being fallen. That's the second point. There's a cost. There's a cost. Because so many times I've heard people say, and I said this last week, but I'm going to repeat it, how can a loving God send people to hell? I just don't understand how a loving God could send people to hell. Like, he really loves us. And there's this whole new fad that love wins and people really don't go to hell. And uh, that is heresy. And what that word means is it is false doctrine that is from the pit of hell. It is not true. And until I get this point, I deserve hell and all the torment that goes with it. But the reason that hell is so bad is because, to me, the worst part of hell is the total 100% absence of God's glory. There is none. So the fire and the lake and the pit and the ash and the burning and the separation, all that is awful, but it pales in comparison. Pales in comparison to the total separation of God's glory that you can never experience until you get there. The reason that we all deserve it is because we are thieves of God's glory. And there was only one that came and glorified God with every ounce of his being every second he was here, and that was Jesus. And then that song that the guys chose this week, the band was so good today, and then the song that the, they sang right before I preached, that is the perfect picture for what I'm talking about. Jesus, Son of God, who came down, born from the right hand of God, born of a virgin, and lived a sinless life to glorify his Father the entire time here. Why? To die an awful death so that we could be given the right to be called a child of God. And in everything that I do, I owe him a debt that cannot be repaid but can be given free by trusting him as Savior. And it blows my mind. Now, here's what we're going to get. Matthew 25 is what I'm about to read. But as you read this, I want everybody to evaluate because the thing that God's kind of punched me in the stomach with this week is not has everybody said a prayer in this room, but has everybody done business with God and been serious through Jesus and really gotten saved? Because the penalty is death and separation. But once you've trusted Jesus, no one can take you out of his father's grasp is what John chapter 10 says. And I'm going to preach that message in a couple weeks. You do not ever have to worry again if you're saved. But here's where I want you to worry. If you only got saved to miss hell and you didn't get saved because you're in love with the King of kings and Lord of lords, I believe you worship an idol. And that idol is safety. Now, idol is just missing out on what you don't have to do bad. And you miss the whole point altogether of why you were created, and that's to glorify God. You miss who you really are. And the reason that I think Christians don't look any different than non-Christians is because we, 
we just miss hell. And so we say a prayer with a pastor. Mark, you said a good message. I, I like that. I'm going to come down. I'm going to say that prayer so I don't have to go to hell. And it is awful, but that's not the point of salvation. The point of salvation is because I get to have a relationship with a holy God through Jesus Christ who loves us enough to send Jesus to die for our sins. And so if the only thing I do is get a benefit of just missing hell, then that is an awesome part of salvation. That's the only thing I do. It's like idol-worshiping. It's like having a piece of wood and you worship that. It's really no different. And so I think the reason the church looks no different is because you cannot, cannot be the same you were before salvation that you are during and after salvation. You cannot be the same. And so you can't lose it, but some people never have it. Some people never have it. And you can get really close to Jesus and never have it. You can raise your hands and worship and never have it. And only you know that. But you know if you got it because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and convicts you of your sins. And there is truth inside of you. And when you screw up like I do every day, you hate it. You hate it. And you beg God to forgive you. Let me read to you what Jesus said, how you'll know what it looks like in Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. Then he will sit on, the glory, on his glorious throne before him. He will be gathered all nations and he will separate people one from another as the shepherd separates sheep from, sheep from the goats. And he will say to the sheep on his right but the goats on his left and then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom, excuse me, pardon me, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food, I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, truly, I say to you, as you did it, did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And then he will say to those on his left, the goats, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me in prison. You did not visit me. Then they will say, then also they will, excuse me, then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty and, or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not minister to you? And then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And I'm not, I want y'all to make sure you understand this verse, or this passage. Uh, it's not saying that if every homeless person on the side of the road you don't minister to, then you lose it. It is a want-to issue in your life. Like, really, it's a want-to issue in your life. The only person in your life that you're consumed with making better is you. Please don't miss this. If the only person in your life that you want to make better is you, then there's a chance you've never had it. And I know most of you in this room personally, and I know most of you have said a prayer at some point in time in your life. There is such a difference between sitting in the trust and faith of Jesus Christ and resting in him completely 
and saying a prayer to get God off your back or your parents off your back or hell off your back and living like hell the rest of your life doing whatever you want to do. If glorifying God when you wake up in the morning is not something that you think about ever, then maybe you've never really done business with the Lord Jesus. If, 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 if sharing your faith because you have the truth of the gospel inside of you, if that is never something that you want to do, well, then maybe you've never had it because I want to tell people the truth. Why? Because I want them to know what I have. And that is some jacked up times. That is some really tough stuff. That is I battle myself. I drive myself crazy. But I have peace that only I can have in Jesus that no one else can have. And I'm not saying people won't have good marriages. Sometimes you do have good marriages outside of a right relationship with Jesus. People get along, but there'll never be a peace. There will be difficulties the whole time. But I'm so grateful that I have a peace. The reason this church exists is so that we can reach the lost people of this community and all nations, all nationalities, all people, no matter what they look like. If a jacked up person walks in this room right now, do you know what we do? We say, welcome, I'm just like you. It doesn't matter what they look like or what they've done. No sin is untouchable in this church because we are all jacked up and we are all this far away from being in the exact boat that they were before they walked in here. And we love them and we are so excited to get to welcome them. Why? Because they get an opportunity to hear what we have. The reason that I think the church doesn't want to share the gospel is because the church doesn't know the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is if you're saved, you won't be the same. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. How many of you do people look at you and say, you're not the same that you were before. You want to reach lost people with your life. We don't want to look at the condition that we're in. We want to look at the condition of everybody else because people are bad. Dude, can you believe what so-and-so's doing? I want my gossip from now on to be about me. Because I got more to talk about than any of you guys do. I understand what Paul said when he said, he's done all these things. He, he wrote a third of the New Testament. He reached more lost people maybe than anyone in history for Jesus. And this is what he said, I'm the chief of all sinners. Like, there's none of y'all that are more jacked up than me. And on another morning when he was writing, he said, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I do, I don't even want to do. But, but because of the grace of Jesus, I have a relationship with him. I don't understand why he wants me, but he does. And Paul goes on to talk about how grateful he is and that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He wasn't asking to die. He was so grateful for his relationship with the Lord that he had a peace that can't be passed. And listen to me, I believe when we get to heaven someday, we're going to look around and go, holy cow, where is everybody? And it's not because you didn't hear the message. It's because you received a message that was false that was only for get missing hell or only for what it does for me. And if, if salvation, please listen, for every adult, every leader, and every person, this is your first time, for, for if salvation is only something that benefits you and that's why you did it, you missed it. If it is not because you get to have a relationship with the king and glorify him, if it's not because you get to pull yourself out and be a part of his kingdom, you've probably missed it altogether because it's just for you. If it is not something that you look at and say, oh my gosh, I deserve hell. 
I'm a glory thief, and I can't believe he would give me that, but I will gratefully accept it as a father gives a gift to a son I will, or a daughter. I will accept it and love him and live the best I can for the rest of my life and beg him every day for forgiveness. See, it's not something that I believe you can earn or even gain outside of the grace of Jesus, so it can't be something that you lose. It's his. He bought you with a price. And that's what Romans 6.23, I'll close with this. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages, which is the cost, the penalty of all my sins, but it actually says one sin, doesn't it? The wages of my sin is death. Separation from God for all of eternity. But the gift of God, this is the great part of the verse, isn't it? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So let me wrap up with this. On the doctrine of man, that's all of us. We're all equal. Um, I really think there's some people that sit at home that would either A, get really frustrated with this message because they really think they're good. <laughs> and I feel sorriest for them. Because they're the Pharisee with the tax collector who's beating his chest saying, woe is me. I'm so grateful that I serve a church with you guys right beside you that we have a bunch of tax collectors that beat their chest and say, God, I'm jacked up. Because that's me. I don't understand God. And if you begin to say that you do, maybe you should be the pastor because you understand him a lot better than I do if you think you understand him. One thing that I do accept is that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And it was enough to send him down to die on the cross for me so that I could be given the right to be called a child of God. And so the reason that I read my Bible seven days last week wasn't so I get him off my back, but so I can get him closer to my back and be in a deep, loving relationship with him. And the goal of today's message wasn't to make you feel sick to your stomach, and if you do, it's probably okay, because I believe that's called the Holy Spirit, and he's tugging at you. But the goal was that you'd fall more deeply in love with God through his son, Jesus. And that you would realize that there's nothing that you can possibly do on this planet. There's not one thing. You take every single person across the street, you feed, feed every person in this community, you can... You can buy a house for every person. You can run yourself out of money and drive yourself crazy. But outside of the grace of Jesus Christ, we're all hopeless. But what is so amazing, and it's not magic dust. Romans 10 clearly says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's a formula. And I believe it with all my heart that it's real. It's right after these verses that I've quoted today in Romans. But there's such a difference in making Jesus Lord and praying a prayer and, and getting him off your back. And that's why I think the church is in the state that it's in today because we don't really think it's a problem just to shack up for years and years and, and do our own thing. And we look at sin and we think that sin's bad but my sin's not. And we don't realize that we are a representation of Jesus Christ if we are saved and that every person I come in contact with has got to be the most important person. And they've got to know the gospel truth like I do. That you making that next $100,000 isn't near as important as the gospel that lives inside of you. And that is what's powerful is my words 
are not nearly as powerful as your life that leaves here and goes out. And so I'm just going to ask you to be honest today. And here's why you'll stay in your seat, okay? You'll stay in your seat if you let pride push you down. You'll stay in your seat if you, if you think maybe he's not talking about me. You'll stay in your seat and not make a decision for the Lord this morning if you think, I can't have people think that about me. If that's where you are in your life, because I'm not there. I don't care that y'all think, Mark's pretty jacked up this morning because Mark's really jacked up this morning and God knows a whole lot better than y'all do. At the moment that you stop caring what everybody around you thinks in a church who will celebrate with you if you make a decision for the Lord, you'll begin to be, have a chance to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So I'm just asking you this morning, how many of y'all will be serious and do business with God? Because I think in this crowd, it's a summertime crowd, but I still think in this crowd, there's some people that if you're being serious, you need to get saved this morning. And by getting saved, I just want you to get up when everybody gets up in a minute. And I want you to go back with, with Jenny and Josh will be in the back to talk to you. And I just want you to say, you know what, if I'm being serious, I'm really not sure if I've ever laid it all down and given him my heart. Been grateful that he saved me from my sins, but I want him for him this morning. And I'm going to ask you to get up and do that in just a minute. And then for all the rest of you, I just want you to be honest as we close in just a minute where you come down here and I don't care if you turn where you're at and kneel before God, I, I don't care. I mean, if you stand up, if you do a cartwheel, I don't, I don't care how you respond. We offer the, the front as an altar for you to make a decision. But I wonder if you'll be honest with God this morning and say, you know what, I'm not doing what I need to do for Jesus because it's, it's not really a priority. And I want to make a difference for the kingdom. I want Jesus to be who's honored in my life. I'm pretty jacked up, pretty fallen. And guys, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm the chief. So I'm asking you one way or another to respond. Your response can be to sit there. And I believe some people are perfectly have the right to because you're awesome. And you're where you should be with the Lord this morning. I believe that. But if not, will you make a decision and will you get up and walk? God, I guess the greatest mystery in all of the world is not how the earth was made or um, how you did all what you did or where you put us or why things happened. I really believe the greatest mystery in all of the world is Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I don't understand why you would want to love a jacked up sinner like me who has fallen and chose to be fallen and is far from God. Lord, and yet you desire a relationship with me. You know the hairs on my head and you love me so much. God, I pray for boldness this morning from the people in this room. But the only way that we're going to make a difference in lives in the kingdom is if we'll be serious and do business with God. God, once we're saved, I believe we're saved forever and always. But I believe there's a lot of people that walk through churches every week that are really close and really far away. So God, I pray if that's, if that's you this morning, I pray that God will push you to get up and you'll do business with him.
I love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Listen, as, as the guys come to sing, if you'll just stand up right now, um, we're about to start worship, and I'm going to stand right here. Um, I just want you to move, if that's you. And, and seriously, I didn't ask you to raise your hand. I mean, please don't let your pride be what keeps you from making a, di- making a move where you're not the same. Will you allow everything in your life to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by God, by Jesus, his son, doing a work inside of you? Get up and be different. And if, if you need to just kneel where you sit or come down here or whatever you want to do as we, as we worship together.